Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. in the hearts of men. The shadow knows. (laughs) Once again, we bring you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learnt a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Black Serpent. The scene is the surgery of Dr. Beerman, a famous continental psychiatrist. The doctor is a short, stockily-built man of about 65, with keen eyes that peer intently from behind thick-lensed glasses at the man sitting opposite. A man about 50 years of age, tall and refined-looking, but at the moment intensely nervous and worried. You rang, Dr. Beerman? Oh, yeah, Curtis. Mr. Kendall is leaving. I'll get your hat and coat, Mr. Kendall. Uh, Thank you, Curtis. And thank you, Dr. Beerman, for letting me call on you at this hour. The time of day or night means nothing to a doctor, Mr. Kendall. You'll be at my home tomorrow morning? Yeah, I should be there early. May I help you with your coat, Mr. Kendall? Uh, No, I'll just throw it over my arm, Curtis. Good night, Doctor. Good night. You go home and sleep now, and don't worry. I'll try. Please do. This is my business now, and I take care of it. All right, Doctor. You have a car waiting for you, Mr. Kendall? Yes, Curtis. My chauffeur brought me here. Good night. I, uh, I don't see your chauffeur in the car, sir. Oh, he's probably stretching his legs. Shall I find him for you, sir? No, don't bother. He can't be far away. I'll find him. Yes, sir. Good night, sir. Good uh... What was that? Sounded like pistol shots. Sounded as though they came from the doctor's study, sir. Come on. Let's see. Dr. Beerman! Dr. Beerman! Open that door! Oh! Dr. Beerman! He's lying on the floor. Blood! He's not breathing! He's dead! That open window... Someone came in there and... Look out, Curtis. Can you see? I see no one. It's too dark. Whoever did this has got away, sir. Who could have done it, Mr. Kendall? The doctor was a good man. He he never harmed anyone, sir. Curtis! What? What's that in the doctor's hand? Oh, it's not alive, sir. It's just a horrid little image. A little image of a... A black serpent! (laughs) 
This Black Serpent murder has put your department in the headlines again, Commissioner Weston. Yes, and it won't be an easy case to clean up, Cranston. They've got practically no clues. Lamont and I know only the newspaper version. Supposing you give us the inside information on the case, Commissioner? All right, Miss Lane. Well, in the first place, Dr. Beerman was killed by four bullets fired at point-blank range from a twenty-two caliber Colt's automatic target pistol. That's an unusual murder weapon. Yes, it is. The murderer entered the surgery through an open French window that was only a few feet above the ground, according to the newspapers. That's right. Evidently, he'd been waiting just outside, listening and watching until the doctor was alone. And he came in almost immediately after the butler and Mr. Kendall left the room. They'd only got as far as the outer door when they heard the shots. John Kendall's a big man in this town, Cranston. One of our leading citizens, and the butler has a first-class reputation. So we can almost certainly accept their story. We found no fingerprints, so the murderer probably wore gloves. Dr. Beerman had no enemies that anyone knows about, and the murderer obviously wasn't a burglar. I mean, he didn't allow himself time enough to steal anything. Commissioner, may I see that little serpent image that the murderer left behind? Yes, yeah, certainly. There we are. Hmm, made of metal. Looks like a cheap piece of costume jewelry. We're trying to find the maker. Uh, Dr. Beerman was a psychiatrist, Cranston. Almost all his practice was with mental cases. And between the three of us, I think one of his mentally unstable patients killed him. That's a reasonable theory. Why was John Kendall visiting the doctor at so late an hour? He says he was talking to him about his daughter. Beerman had been treating her for a long time. Kendall's daughter has been, uh, well, you know, mental ever since she was a child. As I recall, her mother, Kendall's first wife, died in an asylum. Yes, that's right. Kendall married again about a year ago. I've seen pictures of his new wife in the society columns. She's quite a bit younger than he is. Yes, but I don't think it was a case of a young woman marrying a middle-aged man for his money. Although Kendall's very wealthy, she seems to like him. Anyway, Kendall had nothing to do with this. He just happened to be around. Do you know that Kendall is a noted pistol shot commissioner? Yes, I do. Also, that he's invented a couple of guns. He undoubtedly possesses some twenty-two caliber Colt target pistols. Well, what if he does? He couldn't have shot Beerman. Because it isn't only the butler who provides him with an alibi. His chauffeur saw him standing outside the door when the shots were fired inside. Where was the chauffeur? About uh, 100 yards away, he says. Hmm. The chauffeur was outside the house for some time. Didn't he see anyone approach or leave who might have been the murderer? He says not. And he was in front of the house, Cranston. The murderer entered and left the place by a window in the back. Uh, what do you make of that little metal snake? I've been thinking about it. In Iran, on the fringes of Arabia, there's a strange religious cult that regards the serpent as a symbol of wisdom. And their sacred colors are red and black. That little black serpent has red eyes. Yes. But a religious cult in Arabia wouldn't be committing murders over here. Unfortunately, this particular cult has followers in this country. They're devil worshippers. Devil worshippers? Yes. They call themselves Yazidis or Desni. They regard the power of evil as the ruling force of the world. Their form of worship is so highly secret that even among themselves it's a cardinal sin to mention Satan, their god, by name. And they abhor the sight of blue. Blue is a hateful color to them. And so you think a member of this peculiar outfit killed Beerman? I think the killer of Dr. Beerman put this symbol in his hand for a definite reason. Commissioner, I'd like to call on John Kendall at his home. Oh, but Cranston, he's entirely in the clear on this. He couldn't have killed Dr. Beerman. Nevertheless, I'd like to go to his house. Now. All right, then. I shall take you there. And on the way, Commissioner, I want to stop at Little Tobacco Kiosk on Beaton Street, where they stock a particular brand of cigarettes. If you and your friends will come in, Commissioner, 
I'll tell Mr. Kendall you're here. Thank you. Who's there, James? Oh, Commissioner Weston. How do you do, Mrs. Kendall? I hate to intrude on you and your husband like this, but... It's quite uh... all right. Uh, James, I'll tell Mr. Kendall the Commissioner is here. Very well, madam. Uh, Mrs. Kendall, I'd like to present Miss Lane and uh, Mr. Cranston. How do you do, Mr. Kendall? Uh, Mr. Kendall is working in his study. I'll take you there. Thank you. Isn't she beautiful, Lamont? Very. John? Yes, Ada? Commissioner Weston is here to see you. Oh. Come in. Sorry to bother you, Mr. Kendall, but we're here in business. You're very welcome. This is Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston, dear. My husband. Glad to know you. How do you do? Mr. Cranston? I suppose Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston are police associates of yours, Commissioner? In an unofficial capacity, yes. If you wish to be alone with my husband, I'll leave you. Now, please don't, uh, Mrs. Kendall. I'd like you to remain, if you will. Of course. Uh, do you mind if I smoke? Not at all. Uh, perhaps you'll join me. you have one of my cigarettes? Blue cigarettes? <laughs> yes, they're, they're a special brand. I assure you their quality is better than their color. Mm, I like their color. And I'm going to try one. Margaret? No, thanks. Mr. Kendall? I smoke nothing but cigars. Oh, uh, light, Mrs. Kendall. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Kendall, you're an excellent pistol shot. You do a great deal of target shooting. Yes. The gun used to kill Dr. Beerman was a target pistol, a twenty-two caliber Colt automatic. Do you possess such a gun? I own three. Do you think that connects me with a murder? Uh, it was my thought that you must have a wide acquaintance among people who share your hobby. And therefore... There is no pistol enthusiast of my acquaintance whom I can suspect of killing Dr. Beerman, if that's what you mean. Uh, the gun may have been stolen. Do you know of anyone who's lost a Colt twenty-two? No. Your uh, three Colt automatics are in their usual place? Yes. Where do you keep them? Here, in my study. My entire collection of weapons is in that cabinet. Mm, handsome piece of furniture. You keep it locked, I suppose. Always. Uh, that is, until this morning. I couldn't find my key, and I had to pry the door open this morning. Uh, after I left you at Dr. Beerman's commissioner. Now, why didn't you call a locksmith to open the cabin instead of breaking into it, Mr. Kendall? You didn't need a gun in a hurry when you came home this morning, did you? I, I recently invented a new submachine gun, commissioner, that I'm trying to perfect. Uh, it was in the cabinet, and I wished to do some work on it. I'll open the door, and I'll show you. Hmm... You take good care of your guns, Mr. Kendall, each in its individual case. Fine weapons deserve good treatment, Mr. Cranston. My three twenty-two caliber Colt's automatics are on the shelf, as you can see. Yes. And, uh, oh, here's the submachine gun I mentioned. I hope to interest the government in it. It's lighter and more simplified than the Thompson gun in present use, and it fires a somewhat smaller bullet, a uh, twenty-nine caliber instead of the familiar forty-five. Are these the shells that fires in this drum? Yes, yes. Oh, and here is a standard forty-five cartridge, as you see. And here is my new cartridge. Although mine is the smaller projectile, it carries a heavier charge behind it. If you display too much interest in my husband's new machine gun, he'll talk to you about it all day, Mr. Cranston. <laughs> it looks like a splendid weapon, Mr. Kendall. Don't you think so, Commissioner? Yes, but we didn't come here to discuss... I think we're... you ought to... There's somebody listening outside the door behind you. Huh? I said, uh, look at this easy trigger action. Open the door suddenly and see who's there. It's over. Yes, yes, it's a fine-looking gun. Yes, even a small woman could handle this weapon with ease. Now take it, Margot. See how light it is. Yes, Lamont, it's very... Commissioner, what are you doing at that door? Ah, so you're the keyhole people, are you? Come in here. Now, what's the idea? I haven't done anything. But that man is Burke, my chauffeur, Commissioner. Yes, I recognize him. But why was he listening out there? I wasn't listening. 
I come to ask Mr. Kendall if he wanted to use the car this afternoon. I was just going to knock at the door when you swung it open and grabbed me. This man had every right to be where he was, Commissioner. You've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. Haven't you? I, no, I have... Do you want the car, Mr. Kendall? I, uh, no, no. You, you may go, Burke. Uh, thank you, Mr. Kendall. Uh, just a minute, Burke. Yeah. You drove Mr. Kendall to Dr. Beerman's last night and waited for him outside. That's right. And as I've told the commissioner already, I don't know what went on inside. You can't pin anything on me. Nobody's trying to. Uh, have a cigarette? Mm, yeah, thanks. Yeah, take one. Hey, these are women's cigarettes. <laughs> because they're wrapped in blue paper? I assure you they're quite good. No, thanks. I don't go in for fancy smokes. Well, what else do you want to ask me? I tell you right now, I don't know anything about the murder. Bert wouldn't murder anyone. <gasps> <gasps> Mildred! <laughs> I scared you, didn't I? I slipped in this door while you were busy questioning Burke. I like to creep up on people. Miss Lane, gentlemen, this is my daughter, Mildred. How do you do, Mildred? I'm not well. I have no chance to be well because people talk about me. Even my father talks about me. He tells people I'm mad. Mildred, dear. You talk about me too, Ada. No, I don't. Come, let me take you back upstairs. Oh, no. No! The snakes are upstairs! The black snake! Has Mildred's terrified remark any connection with the black serpent cult? Keep tuned to The Shadow for the answer to this intriguing question. And now back to The Shadow. Wild-eyed and trembling, Mildred Kendall cars away from her father. Fear written indelibly on her face. What do you mean, Miss Kendall, by black snakes? The snakes are upstairs. The black snakes! Uh, Commissioner, my daughter was terribly frightened by a snake. A black snake when she was a child. The experiences remain fixed in her memory. I, uh... Oh, come in. Oh, I'd like a moment with you, Dad. Oh, I beg your pardon. I didn't know you had guests. Come in, Tom. We are having a party. Be quiet, Mildred. Uh, Miss Lane, Mr. Cranston, Commissioner Weston, this is my son, Tom. Commissioner Weston? Oh, you're investigating the murder, of course. We feel terrible about it. Everyone here looked on Dr. Beerman as a family friend. He's been coming to see Mildred for years. He talked about me, that doctor. Be quiet, Mildred. I'll take her upstairs in a minute, Dad. I suppose you have some uh, promising clues by this time, Commissioner. That little black serpent sounds like an interesting sidelight on the case. It becomes more interesting every minute. What's your theory about that black metal serpent, Mr. Kendall? I have none. <laughs> Dad's a bad person to ask for a theory, Mr. Cranston. To theorize is to speculate. To mentally invade new fields. <laughs> and he's hopelessly conservative and old-fashioned. You and your father are unlike in that respect, I take it. Not altogether. I welcome new ideas, but I subject them to pitiless probing until the truth is laid bare. And truth, of course, is not theory... Uh, but we're getting away from the subject. Have you any clues to Dr. Beerman's uh, murderers yet? Yes, some excellent ones. Oh, really? In fact, the murderer will be arrested before evening. Uh, we must be leaving, Mr. Kendall. Thanks to all of you for your helpfulness. I'll take you to the door. No, please don't bother. We'll find our way. Goodbye. 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 They'll Goodbye. talk about me when they've gone. I know they'll... Why the sudden departure, Lamont? Because I've learned all I can for the present, Margot. And I want to stir up some worry amongst those people inside. Yes, but that story about arresting the murderer was pure blood, wasn't it, Cranston? And what do you think, Commissioner? Oh, I don't know. I'm all mixed up. That crazy girl with the talk about black snakes and that chauffeur Burke. Burke wouldn't accept the blue cigarette you offered him, Lamont. Neither would Kendall. 
Kendall couldn't have committed the murder. Burke could have. But I don't have much faith in that devil-worshipping ideas of yours, Cranston. If there are such people, why should one of them kill Beerman and leave a note in his hand to advertise who done it? For the same reason that the Black Hand Society, the Mafia, used to leave a mark upon their victims as a sign of triumph and as a threat. Then Burke's the murderer. No. Burke didn't murder Dr. Beerman. No, but he's a good enough suspect for me to detain for questioning. What was that? Gunshots. Behind Kendall's house. Well, come on. <coughs> <coughs> man's lying in the pathway. In front of the garage. Yes. And it's Burke. Been shot twice through the chest, Cranston. The wounds look like small caliber bullets. Yes, 22s. Lamont, he's still breathing. Those shots may have come from Kendall's house. I'm going. Wait. Everyone's coming out of the house. What's happened out there, Commissioner? We heard gunshots. Johnny Burke! Oh, is no, he? He's not dead, Mr. Kendall. But the would-be murderer thought he was. He or she... Left their signature behind. Look, beside Burke on the pathway. Another little image of a black serpent. We'll have to get this man to hospital. Someone ring for an ambulance. Would he live, Commissioner? I couldn't hear what the doctor told you. He's got a fighting chance, Mr. Kendall. <laughs> Burke used to talk about me. Come back into the house, Mildred. All right, Ada. <laughs> You'd better come back into the house too, Dad. There's nothing you can do out here. No, Tom. There's nothing I can do. Margot. Yes, Lamont. You keep Commissioner Weston occupied for a little while. I'm leaving you. Where are you going? John Kendall is about to receive a visit from the shadow. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. Isn't there, Kendall? What? It is the shadow's voice you hear. The shadow whom no one sees. What do you want with me? I've come to help you solve that problem. I don't know what you mean. How many twenty-two caliber Colt's automatic target pistols do you own, John Kendall? Three. But until last night, you had four. No! Yes! A thin film of dust on that shelf outlines the place where a fourth gun case has been. The gun was taken from the cabinet last night. Before Dr. Beerman was killed. No, no! The lock on that cabinet was broken last night. Who broke the lock and stole that fourth gun? I broke the lock. This morning. No one stole a gun. That's not true. Someone you know, for a reason you know, took that gun and killed Dr. Beerman. Then, because your chauffeur, Burke, saw that person at Dr. Beerman's house, Burke was shot. You know who that person is, John Kendall. No, no, Shadow. No, you're wrong. The Shadow is never wrong. Free your conscience, John Kendall. Tell the truth. I... I have nothing to say. The Shadow wishes to be kind to you. Who is the murderer? I have nothing to say. Then the Shadow must forget kindness and think only of justice. I will return to you, John Kendall, not as a friend, but as an instrument of the law. Where have you been, Cranston? I've been reconnoitering, Commissioner. I'm thinking... I have a plan that may catch the Black Serpent murderer if you and Margot will put it into effect. Well, here's what I'd like you two to do. Huh? Get John Kendall alone in his study behind closed doors. Then, Commissioner, you... Don't tell me again that you don't know who the Black Serpent murderer is, Kendall. You're protecting the murderer, and I know it. I'm not, Commissioner, I'm not. You're lying deliberately. You're weak, cowardly. No man could talk to me like that... Don't try to take hold of me. 
I'll get loose from you and make you swallow everything you've said. Now, wait, 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 wait Mr. Kettle, wait, wait, wait. I apologize. Oh. Calm down, calm down. Commissioner Weston didn't mean a single one of his insults, Mr. Kendall. He only said what he did to find out what you'd do. Uh, I, I don't understand. You're all right, Mr. Kendall. When an aesthetic man like yourself tackles a fellow like me, it's certain he isn't a card. And that's what I wanted to be certain about. You wanted to know if, if I was a coward? Yes, you're protecting the murderer through either loyalty or fear. Now we know it isn't fair. The murderer is someone close to you, Mr. Kendall. A member of your own family. No, no, I swear. It's no use, we know. Mr. Kendall, you've always been a good man. You can't let love or even blood relationship make you protect a murderer any longer. Dr. Beerman is dead. Burke is dying. And other lives may be in danger because of your misplaced loyalty, your selfishness. You're right, Miss Lane. I couldn't have saved Dr. Beerman. But I could have saved Burke. If he dies, I'm his murderer as well as... As who? As my son. Your son? Yes, Tom. His mother died a lunatic. You've seen his sister. I thought Tom had escaped their curse, but last night he came to me with a story that proved him mad. I went to Dr. Beerman and told him the story. He was killed because I told it to him. Because you told him a story? Yes. What was the story? I'll tell you that. Tom, put down that gun. Don't move, Commissioner. Or you, Miss Lane, or Father. You've already learned that I shoot to kill. So you think I'm mad because I worship the power whose name cannot be mentioned? Worship the power? That's the story I told my stupid father. That I'd found the true religion. I wanted him to accept the truth. As it had been revealed to me. I wanted him to follow the true master of the earth whose holy symbol is the serpent. His own holy colors are red and black, and he hates the sight of blue. You're speaking of the... His name cannot be mentioned. He wanted me to join him in this ghastly faith, Commissioner. And you rejected the truth I showed you. When I left the room, I heard you call your chauffeur and order him to take you to Dr. Beerman's. I knew what you meant to do there. So I broke into your cabinet, took a gun, and followed. I meant to kill you, Father, but I was weak. I spared you. I killed only Dr. Beerman. Burke saw me coming in from the house. He threatened to blackmail me. I shot him. Now I can spare you no longer, Father. You must die with these two others here. Tom! He's going to shoot! Drop that gun! Ah! You get the first bullet, Commissioner Wet. No, you don't! Stop! Let me go! Pick up his gun, Commissioner. Just the shadow! Yes! Put handcuffs on this maniac! You bet I will! Uh, I said from the first that a lunatic killed Dr. Beerman. You were right, Commissioner. But this mad boy was only a tool in the hands of someone who is very sane. A tool? What do you mean? Who introduced you to the truth of the devil worship, Tom? I won't tell. The law of the Black Serpent says I must not tell. Then perhaps the real criminal will tell. The woman who is listening behind this door. Come in, Mrs. Kendall. Very well. Ada! Mrs. Kendall! She has that submachine gun. I'll kill the first one who moves. That includes you, Shadow. Bullets sprayed from this gun will kill the invisible as well as the seen. And I know exactly where you are. No one knows where the shadow is. You're standing at the left of my husband's desk. Am I correct? You're a clever woman, Mrs. Kendall. The carpet here is very thick. Yes, and I shall watch the impressions of your feet very carefully. Ada, Ada, what's the meaning of this? Why You'll you... understand in a moment, John. Don't be impatient. Commissioner Weston, take those handcuffs from Tom's wrists. They don't fit in with my plans. I will not. Take them off, I said. Oh, all right. Ada, I knew you'd stick by me. Of course I'll stick by you, Tom. Ada, explain this to me. It's a very simple explanation, John. 
I married you for your money. Ada! You fool. Could there be anything else about you I wanted? A man of 50 with two feeble-minded kids? Ada, I'm not... I've used you too, Tom. You were the main part of my plan. I taught you devil worship, with its law that anyone who learns its secrets and does not accept them must be killed. I encouraged you to tell those secrets to your father. I expected you to kill him when he told you you were mad. Then you and your sister would both go to asylums, and I'd have control of the estate. But your plan went wrong there. Yes, Shadow. He killed Beerman instead, and then tried to kill Burke. But with Burke, he played into my hands. Burke knows you're the Black Serpent murderer, Tom, and he'll regain consciousness long enough to talk. By the time he does, everyone in this room will be dead, including you, Tom. The machine gun will be found beside your body, after I've pressed your fingerprints upon it. They'll think that you're the murderer of these people, a murderer who committed suicide, and I'll be free and unsuspected, with John Kendall's money. Ada, to think that I ever loved you. The bullets from this gun will hit you last, John, so you can have more time to think what a fool you've been. Now, Shadow, I start with you. You'd better not press the trigger of that gun, Mrs. Kendall. And why not? Because when you do, you'll kill no one but yourself. What do you mean? I slipped a forty-five shell into its twenty-nine caliber chamber. The forty-five projectile is larger than the twenty-nine, Mrs. Kendall. It will go into the chamber of the gun, but it won't go through its barrel. Instead, it will backfire, explode the breech of the gun, and kill whoever pulls the trigger. Press the trigger and see. I... You're bluffing, Shadow. Press the trigger and see. I... I've been told a lot about guns, but I've never paid much attention. I told you about guns, Ada. I know guns. I invented the one you hold in your hand. The shadow is bluffing, Ada. A forty-five shell will not explode in its chamber. That's all I wanted to know. It's not true, Mrs. Kendall. We'll shoot her! Ah! The gun exploded in her hands. Yes. She's dead. John Kendall, you knew I wasn't bluffing. Yes, Shadow. I have just executed my wife. It's a shame you weren't there, Cranston, when that woman got what was coming to her. Yes, I'm sorry I missed the finale of the case, Commissioner. You shouldn't have been out reconnoitering, Lamont. No, 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 perhaps not, Margot. You didn't arrest John Kendall, Commissioner. What would I arrest him for? His wife didn't have to follow his information, did she? She blew herself up. All Commissioner Weston did, Lamont, was turn Mr. Kendall's son over to the doctors. Yes, he'll be in the asylum for the rest of his life. You gave us no help at all, Cranston. Why, Miss Lane and I would have been dead by now if it wasn't for the shadow. That's right, Lamont. I suppose it is, Margot. I suppose it is. So concludes tonight's adventure of The Shadow. Next week, same time, same station, we bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in The Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. Ha, 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 ha.
This feature is produced by Red Johnston for Grace Gibson Radio Productions, a masterpiece of suspense. Thank you.